This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top tier lineup. With Leap Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast, covering Ipswich Town since 2015. I'm Richard Woodward and you are tuned into the flagship show, available each week on podcast, audio and video. Joining me this week, a return to fitness for David Diamond, and trying his best to, to keep himself fit, Joe Fares. Gentlemen, how are we doing? David, let's start with you. You've been um, under the weather, haven't you? Yeah, had a had a touch of um, had a touch of COVID for the last couple of weeks. Out of literally out of nowhere, I have no idea. Although, thinking back or reading back on the forum, there was a bit, bit of a spike at the Doncaster game, apparently, which would be three weeks ago now. But certainly in areas nowhere near me. But anyway, no no idea. Um, I haven't fortunately had touch wood. I mean, I've had it as bad as I could have done. So, yeah, got released back in the community again on Friday. So. Um, <laughs> so yeah, when uh, Mrs. Out, D, Mrs. D, Mrs. D is released today. So yeah, much much relief. But yeah, just nasty, really. But yeah, could have been worse, I think. No, well, we're very happy to have you back and good to see Thank you. you. Well, Cheers, and, guys. And Joe, you're 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 basically man. You're, the, the vaccines <laughs> obviously do the trick for you. Team AstraZeneca. Yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm dicing with exposure at the moment. It's, there's there's cases floating very close to me at the moment, but. <laughs> My daily tests are coming up negative at the moment, so hopefully they stay that way. Fingers crossed, the vaccine do. So we, we can't get it over over the internet, can we? I think maybe that's the secret. Maybe that's what the scientists have failed to figure out. So, I'll, yeah, we'll, we'll keep our two meter distance over the interweb. Uh, so uh, we will be talking about um, Cambridge, more probably the aftermath of Cambridge and what it means. Um, plenty of questions from. Um, folks out there in the real world which is fantastic so plenty to discuss uh, let's deal with some bits and pieces of news to start with and i guess positive news to start us off with dave because a few years ago marcus evans disbanded the community trust quite an unpopular 
move. And Mark Ashton, we know, is someone who takes the community aspect of football clubs very seriously. And on Friday, I think it was, some appointments to the Community Trust Board, as it were, um, or trustees, as it were. Matt Holland, um, Mr. Ipswich, um, uh, forwards uh, Connor Chaplin and forward for the ITFC women's team, Natasha Thomas joins um, as um, as trustees, as I mentioned, um, Mark Ashton said, a really important day for the club and the community trust. Um, I've talked um, since I arrived in June about the importance of the community and the community being at the centre of everything the club does. So um, a really exciting thing there and great to see, you know, the academy is really uh, uh, underrated by Marcus Evans, wasn't it? So it's really good to have Mark Ashton Running it, yeah. running with the stuff, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I think out of you know that he made Marcus Evans made many unpopular decisions, as we know, and I think that probably just about top the list. I think it was, uh, yeah, really not well received. I think Matt Holland. I mean, and great that you know Matt Holland, as you said, Mister Ipswich, Ipswich through and through. We all know his his passion for the club. I think he held a similar position, maybe maybe not in the old. Maybe not so that the old community trust, wasn't it? Yeah, something like that with Terry Terry Baxter's involved. Is I think Terry Baxter's the chairman or whatever he, uh, CEO, whatever he is of Inspire stuff. I believe it. I believe he is. So um, yeah, you know, you can't doubt his passion for the club. And yeah, it's a good step forward. Clearly, it's something that's dear to Mark Ashton's heart. And uh, you know, I assume it was very much, um, uh, you know, very much that way. You know, during his time at Bristol City as well. So yeah, uh, you know, uh, another positive step for the club, really. Yeah, and th- uh, this board of trustees, according to Ashton, will help set the strategic vision for the trust while also helping to drive it forward. And and certainly, um, Connor Chaplin, I've not heard a huge amount from Connor Chaplin no. himself. He spoke that was really an interesting well. One. Um, Natasha Thomas, a, a great appointment, obviously a, a very big kind of focal point, um, particularly externally for the ITFC women's team. Yeah, is she not? And, I didn't realise that. Is she not the, the current, she's not that record goal scorer? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, yeah, so Connor, Connor Chaplin was an interesting one, because you say, I really don't seem to hear a lot about, you know, about him or from him to, you know, to date so far. Yes, I think he was put forward for the press, I believe, perhaps to coincide with this last, you know, last week. But um, yeah, an interesting, an interesting one. And we'll keep a, a, an eye on that. I, I mean, I, I dug this out because I, I couldn't really tell you specifically what the community trust does. And as all good organisations do, they've got a website which talks about vision and yeah. so on. Um, but in a nutshell, um, they set up to deliver an innovative range of football and sporting activities, sporting activities to engage and inspire and develop as many people as possible. A registered tra- charity to represent Ipswich Town within the local and surrounding communities, an extension of the club to engage with local people to make a genuine impact on their lives, currently engaging with around 6,000 young people and vulnerable adults each week. So some excellent work yeah. being done there. I wish them all the best. And the trustees, hopefully they'll give us a good <laughs> impetus and, and vision. Yeah, because yeah, I, I think Jason Curtis, who's the chief executive of the trust or the MD of the trust who runs it, he was doing a similar... I think he worked at Ipswich previously, then went to Norwich to do a similar role. And part of sort of relaunching the trust when Leo Neal and Marcus Evans did it was to sort of poach him back from there to try and effectively get Norwich off our patch. So he's the guy running it. Right. So we'll experienced guy. There you go. Yeah. And it's good. I think Marcus Evans really misunderstood having good people in the, in the organization, didn't he? So certainly the recruitment, having any people, I I don't think anyone, (laughs) if if people 
could see behind the scenes. I don't think anyone would believe just how skeleton a staff was in place at no, the club. I think there were there were times where at Portman Road in the main there was more Marcus Evans group staff using the utilizing the office space at Portman Road than there was it was town staff. Yeah. And if you look back at a program from like the year two thousand when we were in the Premier League and you look at the community trust page in there, there's about forty staff there. And that, that was probably that was probably down to about four staff by the time Evans had left. It was just in every part of the club was just Decimation, cut down it? to the bare bone and sort of I, I know we're going a little bit off topic here, but sort of Leo Neal basically he's he's got about five people in doing the job he was doing last season effectively. Yeah. Well because basically he was doing Mark Ashton's role, Luke Werhan's role, this as we'll come on to Probert's role, um his role so Brian Klug has now sort of stepped down from there. Dave Bowman was there, but Liam Neal was doing all, basically every off-field role was his. Yeah, well, let's talk about Gary Probert then, because that was the other <coughs> announcement made in the last week, joining as Director of Football Operations on November the 1st. Um, Probert joins the club, having um, previously been, guess where? Bristol City, um, and appointed by by Mark Ashton as well. Um, I'm looking forward to getting started. He told the website. I think it's a really exciting project to find out about and add some value um, to play a part in. Uh, interesting, I guess, the dynamic here, Joe, with Leo Neal. You mentioned him and what his role is, but yeah, what's your observations here? Well, he's effectively become Leo Neal's boss, hasn't he? Now, because when you, when you look at the sort of the club release, it says he will head up the club's recruitment academy analysis under 23s and loans program well leo neil is the academy manager so you'd imagine that he will be reporting into him effectively from the academy side of it there's going to be recruitment team put in place below him but it's a it's a, it's a really big job really it's probably yeah. the biggest outside mark Aston, it's the biggest job we have it's it's a realistically it's a director of football role isn't it there and i know it says director of football operations but no it's a huge job and this is one of the things last year when sort of people talking about who is qualified for this sort of role. And it's interesting that basically Leo Neal's equivalent of Bristol City as a person who's got the role, the academy manager from Bristol City, has come across with a big promotion to take on a a lot of sort of a, a huge amount of it there. So what experience has he got in senior recruitment? Probably very little because he's been on the academy side of it. So hopefully he's a sort of He's, he seems to have had a good record at Gary Pro, but I've, I spoke to a few Bristol City fans and their view was this is the first member of the Bristol City staff that they're actually disappointed to see leave. Right, okay. So <laughs> after Mark Ashton, it's quite Luke Wehan, Andy, Andy Rolls, they, they have, they've sort of been glad to see the back of them, but they're actually disappointed with Gary Probert leaving. So and, and how that much tells an, you something. How much of an advantage do you think? I mean, he's mentioned it. Obviously, there are a lot of people that he know. With you know that that relationship and trust and understanding is already there, isn't it? Which I guess helps him get up to speed a lot quicker. Though, Dave, is it any part of you a little bit? We'll talk about. We've got a question about Peter Reed. We spoke about him on the pre-match show as well. It does appear that our manager appoints a certain demographic of person, <laughs> and so does Mark Ashton. Uh, does that worry you at all, or is you know Bristol City obviously? Until maybe a couple of seasons ago, had been on an upward trajectory, hadn't they? So absolutely. So absolutely. does that? Does this? You know, does does the Bristol City basically just being plonked in the Ipswich structure concern you any at all? I, I mean, I don't think it does, and it does. I mean, this this this. It's pleasing to hear Joe say say that. You know, because um, yeah, we've all you know we've all heard. All, there's all been sort of banter between Bristol City, you know, Bristol City fans on Twitter and everything else since um certainly since Ashton and one or two of the others come across. So it's really heartening to hear Joe 
say that, you know, we've made this appointment and it's certainly that's an appointment that hasn't gone down well there and he's very well, obviously quite well respected. So mm. that's a positive thing. If that's the case, then absolutely fine. As for, um, as for our manager, Paul Cook, well, it's more of a geographic, a, a geographical demographic <laughs> yeah. and continues, continues to be so. So, um, yeah, um, no, I see this as a, as a, you know, as a positive appointment where that quite leaves, as Joe said, Leo Neal. Well, yeah. Obviously, with a much diminished workload from last season, by the sound of it, it does. But the academy needs the academy needs a, a top manager, and that, that's what that's what got him the role, effectively the bigger role. So, mm. I'm sure he's probably just overpaid for the, for the role at the moment. Now, if he was being paid for his previous role, but the academy is such an important place, and it needs a proper full time yeah. manager, and it's not a job that can be done as part of a job share. So, it should it should be a good thing for the academy that we've got now got a highly respected manager focusing yep. purely on that, but yeah. I guess the thing that I'd say with regards to all the Bristol City people is, like, yeah, they, they were an upwardly mobile club, but it's not like we've gone and nicked the staff of Brentford or someone like that. They've no. achieved huge amounts. It seems like I don't think anyone would say, oh, Bristol City, if you could get their staff, you're going to fly up the table. No, they've got to reach a just, certain plateau. They, they sort of reached a plateau and yeah. didn't really get close to the Premier League, did they? I don't think they ever got into the playoffs and the championship. They might have been no. there or thereabouts, but no, it's, it seems a interesting club to sort of go after all this staff from you'd think if you're doing an open recruitment selection you wouldn't just end up with all people from one staff but Ashton clearly rates and trusts these guys and has brought them all over with him and hopefully they can have bigger success here than they did at Bristol City yeah fingers crossed uh, it's it's good as well to have that structure off the field that isn't as contingent on the manager to set the tone which has been an issue before isn't it where basically all of the backroom staff has kind of churned whenever a manager is left so that will provide some continuity if and when something else happens with um, whoever's in the dugout. Um, talking of which, guys, uh, let's jump up the A14 to Cambridge. And let's talk about some team news, shall we? And I guess maybe an, an uh, eyebrow raised a few on Twitter when this team selection was announced. Let's put it up on the screen there. And I, and I guess decisions made without the the benefit of inside information which only became available after the after the fixture um the, the first bit of news and actually i i don't want to blow my trumpet again about the pre-match show but we did uh-huh. hint at il mazuni possibly coming in and um, to add a little bit more physicality into the center of midfield alongside morsi and that proved to be the case though only as a, a consequence i suspect of tom carroll's unavailability but lee evans who um, whose wife gave birth to a child oh. yesterday. So congratulations yep. to to them, and we're wishing them all the very best as well. Someone who we know um, has been nursing an injury for the last few weeks is Wes Burns, and presumably he was dropped to the bench to give him a bit of a rest before Portsmouth on Tuesday. And it's mm-hmm. Shania Luko who gets an opportunity to shine on the right side of our three-man attacking midfield. Otherwise, it's as you were, and on the bench... Um, Bersan Selina, um, able to return um, to the bench for um, following international duty. And unfortunately, no Joe Piggott, whose father sadly passed away um, yesterday as well, by, on Saturday. So again, our thoughts are with him and his family. Um, no James Norwood on the bench. So Caden Jackson comes in. No information about the Norwood situation. But guys, uh, Dave, what was your thoughts on those two bits of selection changes? 
yeah, Aluko was an interesting was an interesting one because I know he, you know, he's a little, you know, one or two little cameos. He has showed up quite well in I think actually I think it was a Bolton home game, was it? But I think I wasn't there. I was on holiday. Um, apparently, he's been, and so we understand, been absolutely flying in, uh, you know, flying in training. So um, yeah, and perhaps not such a not such a shock after all. El Mizuni for uh, yeah, an interesting one there. I would have perhaps thought. Good shout from you, obviously, on the pre-match show again. But uh, I would have perhaps felt Harper may be in there. But, yeah. you know, does he give more physicality than than Harper? Maybe. Perhaps he's perhaps a bit more I can put it, defensively astute, should we should we say. But, um, yeah, that was that kind of an interesting kind of an interesting one for me. Both, both really. Mm. Uh, as for Cambridge, again, no mm. real surprises for them. We were expecting... Um, a, f- a, f- a returning Wes Hulan to return to their midfield and, and their system effectively rejigs. It's still typically a kind of a flat 4-5-1 um, and Hulan, I guess, a roaming attacking midfielder there in the centre. So he comes back in against um, an Ipswich team that I guess is utterly unfamiliar to him, but he's what? a player who's got that X factor that we know of um, who can who can make stuff well, happen. Well, it must have felt quite familiar at the end of the game when we just well, yeah. sort of <laughs> just crumbled. <laughs> yeah, capitulation's familiar, isn't well, it? What is quite interesting there, Rich, is you put out the average age of the side. Bloody hell, take Houlihan yeah. out of their side. Yeah, it's quite <laughs> replace a Replace him with, a I don't know, a 21-year-old. That's got a difference there. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, he he came back in for um, Liam O'Neill, who um, a sitter who who missed the the eighteen entirely. So not sure the situation there. Okay. Jack Lancaster had made his first start yeah, for Cambridge injured. since joining, but um, unfortunately for him, injured and unable to face his old club. So Shiloh Tracy returns at right wing. Um, mm. And a, a note there of ex ITFCness Paul Digby, captain, um, one time it's defender now a Cambridge midfielder so interesting to see them line up to um, effectively face off like for like with us and um, we'd spoken on the pre-match show about how Cambridge have not scored a goal in the first 15 minutes of matches uh, this season they're wow. quite slow starters and Ipswich would come out the blocks flying a really good opportunity for Chapman straight away um, cut back from Bond and Chapman kind of really weird angle and shape to this this attempt which he slices high and wide but um, yeah, it's another, another minute um, later, he's having a shot just wide of the post. But Joe, 10 minutes, um, Ipswich will take the lead and it starts from a, a long goal kick that's headed back from where it came from, from Burgess. And talk us through what happens next. Yeah, we, we sort of put a bit of pressure on them at, at that point And we were sort of pushing them quite high and up the pitch. And even, even the goal kick, I know it's not a huge amount of pressure, but Macaulay Bond is there sticking him under a bit of pressure to do it. And he doesn't really get it much past the halfway line. Burgess gets up, wins a big header on it puts it a long way up the pitch to the fullback and Aluko just pressures him and then as the guy clears it, just Aluko gets a block in, it flies up and Aluko sort of passed him and the ball just sits up beautifully for him. That sort of couldn't have sit, sat up any better and he just cool as you like, just lifts it over the keeper and it's one in the away end. It's you just sit there waiting for the net to bulge because you have no idea where, where the ball is going and it just like I say he couldn't have finished it any better and it was a brilliant start. Here we go, one nil on the road. Yeah, and we and we know that we, we were discussing Cambridge's defensive frailties, and you saw that there. I mean, big question marks about Masterson, who's who's fluffed clearance sets up the problems. But I don't know what the keeper's doing. I, Mitoff on the replay, I, I he's fallen over, I think, and gets up as Aluko's lobbing him, isn't he? So he's going to have some moments. The keeper Mitov during this game, 
But as you say, Lucas. No man's land, I think he ended up in. Yeah. Uh, thank you for the cliche, Joe. Yeah, I appreciate that one. Uh, but yeah, it's it really good value for the lead, and the, and the dominance continues for the majority of the half. I mean, some half chances, as I, was, I would call them, throughout. There's nothing where the keeper really has to make any strong saves. But again, he's going to be um, in the center of the action on 34, gets caught out high up outside of his goal by Chaplin, makes an iffy clearance. That falls to Aluko and and Joe, if you were thinking about when's the net going to bulge on this one, you might have had similar thoughts about this effort, but he never really gets. No, you could tell from the reaction of the players that it wasn't because at first, like here we go, because you could see it well over the keeper, but you could see Aluko looked really disappointed with it straight away, and a couple of players did around him. So, despite having the best angle, you could tell quite quickly that wasn't going in. But that would have been nice for the sixty yards. Yeah, rushed it a little bit, but yeah, two. Very opportune goals, perhaps a little bit stretching it. Um, and and Macaulay Bond, I think, might have been screaming for the ball in all kinds of space over on the left hand side. But you, you can't blame Maluko for having a Jimmy no. Jordan moment, can you really? <laughs> um, but Dave, the, the lead would be doubled um, only a couple of minutes after that situation, and um, it's a set piece. Yeah, well, um, and it's a good delivery. I've got to say, it's a good delivery from there um, on the right from. Um, Cambridge right from from Fraser, really good, nice in swing corner for once with some pace on it. Um, <laughs> Edmondson should really score. <laughs> Edmondson should really score from about what three yards probably. Um, so it gets a decent header on it. Fortunately, hits the post and falls out to um, Aluko from a similar position. Really, um, <laughs> not, you know, sort of scuffs his left foot shot back, but he's so close to goal, it just goes in off the keeper. So not a classic, but yeah, a good a, a, a good delivery from Fraser. You've got to say Edmondson should score, but yeah, we get a bit fortunate there that falls to falls to Aluko, but got to be there to put him in. So two 0 looking good. Yeah, and the keeper comes flapping for that corner as well. He does. Didn't have a good game. Yeah, yeah, he does flap a bit there. But like I say, Edmondson, I suppose, on the face of it, will be disappointed that he didn't add to his goal against Doncaster. I I didn't think he'd made a connection on it when I saw it in real time. He makes a pretty decent connection, really. I think he hits the post, I think. Yeah, hits the post. Yeah. 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 Um, I thought the corner just swung and hit the post, but obviously I'm wrong. I need to check right there. No, he does get ahead on it. Yeah, I'm sure he does. Yeah. But Joe, it's all going to fall apart, and I think the frailty you kind of hope because we've now got a two-goal lead as opposed to the one-goal lead that we threw away very quickly against Shrewsbury. Um, that you think that now we're going to see this out of Cambridge heads down, um, but we've I guess under and Paul Cook has bigged up the game as a derby match and 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 all that kind of stuff, which I don't think I necessarily buy into but it was a really valid point made on the pre-match show that Cambridge fans would see it as a derby game and we travelled in big numbers so it did have that feel to it and to be fair to Cambridge um, they they come back into this first half despite having been second best route but there's a lot of there's a lot of um, support from Ipswich's defence for this goal that they score it starts with Ironside in absolute acres down our left hand side with Penny pushed well up the pitch um, do you want to take it from here, it kind of cuts in. It plays it to Houlihan and Tracy and so on. But, I mean, it's a, this is a defensive aberration, isn't it? Well, it, it all starts from a sort of nothing long ball. And Cameron Burgess is up against Joe Ironside. And rather than just try and sort of hold him up, he just allows himself to be... It's like he, try, he tries to win every single ball that goes up there. And sometimes you just need to just sort of 
sort of stand your ground and try and stop the attack. You, you can't win everything. And this is sort of part of the game management. I was sort of been speaking about that. When you're tuning up, you do not need to keep defending aggressively on the front foot. You just need to make sure that they, they don't do anything. And Ironside just uses his body, spins him. Yeah, there's a oh, there's yeah. a chance it might get blown up for a foul. It, it looked like it could be sort of in front of us. It was right in front of the terrace I was in there. But it's it's just weak. It's over-committed defending. It's just weak. And then all of a sudden, the game's just totally opened up. And we're at sort of the proverbial sixes and sevens, really. Danashian has to come inside because... Obviously, Burgess is out of the game. Penny's out of the game. He comes inside and it gets worked across quite nicely and ends up with Brophy, who just sort of just smashes it past Ladke and it goes in off the underside of the bar, sort of six inches higher, and that's hitting the bar and going out. So, again, but as as has happened so many times this season, the first chance we concede ends up in the back of our net and... And it's just game on again. And it's the same in the AFC Wimbledon game. You tune it up and should be cruising. And then you just give away a sloppy goal and it's 2-1. And then all of a sudden the game is a game that should be being put to bed. It's just not because of, again, poor game management. You tune it up, just sit till half time, get yeah. it sorted, come out reorganised. But we, we, I don't know, Paul Cook says he isn't going to, I know I'm sort of going off the point here, but Paul Cook said he isn't going to shut up shop well. Sharp shot for five minutes before half time, maybe. Yeah, this, I mean? this, is, this is what's <laughs> got to keep happening. It's yeah. Burgess. Uh, Joe, Joe's right. It's Burgess. He doesn't need to. He doesn't need to make that challenge there. You know, he doesn't need to nip in front of Ironside and win the ball there. You just stand off him. Just stand off him. What's he going to do? He's going to. He's not going to roll you. If you stand off him, he's not going to roll you. He's going to have to bring the ball down, and then you know you can get players around. It's uh, basic. I think it's basic defending there. And there's a lot of this goal that. Let's be give credit to Cambridge. It's a really nice, it's a well-worked Hula, goal. Hulahan's at the centre of it, but to me, the the positioning of the entire team in in a in a defensive phase is really poor because not only have you got you know we know that the fullbacks are going to push on. I thought that maybe we'd we'd tempered some of that attacking intent from the fullbacks a little bit in the, in recent weeks, but Penny is well out of position here and actually doesn't do a huge amount to prevent the ball when it gets fed to Hulahan. And what we do is we all crowd around Hulahan. We've, we, we've obviously been told, watch out for Hulahan. He's going it's to be clever play from Hulahan. He just does a little slip pass to, to um, I think Tracy. it's Shadow Tracy. Tracy, yeah. That, absolute and it, acres. But because everyone's come to the ball and come to Hulahan, Brophy's got acres of space. El Mizunis are not in a great position. Show, uh, Tracy's, Tracy's ball just takes out both Danassian and El yeah. It's a good, I've got to say, it's a good finish. It is a nice good finish, finish, to be fair. He doesn't say, you know, he waits for it, waits for it. And, you know, if he hits it low, Lackey probably saves that because he comes out and the goalkeeper's not in a well, bad position there. But, you know, he hits it high with power. Dave? Good finish. Is, is Ladke a little bit slough? Well, do you think he goes down too early? I don't know. Maybe he tries to I anticipate. Maybe he tries to anticipate. Yeah, there you go. I don't know. But I think yeah. it goes back it's to the game. Look, it's a good finish. It, I think though. even if Lackey stands up there, he doesn't save that. Maybe. Like when Penny's down the other end of the pitch, if you're the centre half, you need to do enough to hold the ball up to allow your defence to retreat, not to try and just get straight back on the attack. No, you, you, because, exactly. Because it all comes from that. Get, Ironside yeah. spins Pet and Burgess, and so then they are in a, they're, they're like three, four on two they're at that on. point. And yeah, yeah. we just... I'd say trying to desperately get back and it's just about having a brain and defending properly when when you're not in a in a brilliant team shape effectively. You need to make sure that if you're not in a team shape, you just gotta do the basics and get it get it sorted so you can get back into sort of back through your transition. Have what you hold. Yeah. And 
he'll be waiting for this. Um, so hello to Seb Brown, whose quote on the pre-match show, he's the one cursing um, opposition players this week with greatness. Brophy has no end product quote. So uh, there you go, off, <laughs> off and running. Um, he does have an effort in the second half, which isn't as, um, isn't as well struck. Um, but Ipswich have turned a very dominant first half position and given the crowd as well as the opposition, a real yeah, chance you, to build in the second half. You go into half-time on the back foot, you just do. No matter how dominant you've been, you just do. Yeah. If, you're, if you're a Cambridge fan, you, you come at half-time, it's, it's game on, isn't it? 2-1. Yeah. You've got a bit of the intensity, absolutely manager, game on. Their manager doesn't have to say anything, hardly. He doesn't have to say anything. You know, he's already said that, you know, Ipswich or whatever, I don't know, described as like a thoroughbred side in the league or whatever he described as that. You don't need any more than that. 2-1, right, lads, we're right in this. Come on, you know, you can see they're going to go, you know, and he can probably point to five previous games where we've been ahead. And, you know, Wimbledon's a classic, as Joe said, you know. They've, you know, they've got that in them. Now, you know, get get at them second half and just they, they'll not crumble, but they just won't, you know, they'll, they'll retreat and exactly what happened. And not a huge amount changes in, in, the, in the second half f- <clears throat> for me. I... I, I there's a lot of chat about the, the attacking possession that we had, but I'm struggling to remember a very suspect goalkeeper in Mitov having to do anything in second half. There are lots of Same chances off. that went wide, a lot um, of possession, but not many crosses into the box. I thought Bon and Chaplin didn't really were on. Bon, bon on, was off it yesterday. Yeah, went on each other's ways. He's, he's not going to play brilliantly every game, but I thought no, he was off it yesterday. He was right. And it's a shame we didn't have. Piggott or Norwood on the bench to sort yep. of make a change and try and freshen things up. But I said there was a good there was a good period in that second half for sort of a good 20, 25 minutes. And like I say, I was in that terrace on the side and the whole game was in front of us. We were pinning them back in their half and moving the ball quickly. I thought Luco, Chaplin and Fraser, all three of those were getting on the ball in good positions. But when you look back at it, did we have a single shot from that? I think El Mazzuni had one from the edge of the box, which just hit the first man. Like I said, there was a couple of crosses flashed over. I can't even remember many shots going wide or anything, really. I just no, thought there was a so I've couple got pull back. I said, we had a good, I don't know your sort of sofa, your sofa score. I'm on there the, now. Yeah. The game thing, but we had a good 20, 25 minute period there. There you I go. Said, yeah. And like so I, said, I was, I was just, but in that time, did we have a shot? So I'm just trying to dig out the stats from sofa uh-huh. score as well for the difference between the first and the second half. So in the first half, 12 shots for Jeez, Ipswich, only two of those are on target. Wow. Um, four block shots, six off target. Second half, four shots, one on target, two off target, one blocked. Um, yeah. The possession's consistent, about 55%. Mm. But overall, I think that really tells the story. And I, and I and that graph, that the attacking momentum graph, that's what Joe was talking about, which we can see at the moment, um, has this kind of, this Ipswich Town, very deep amount of um, possession and, and attacking intensity from about 50 to 60 odd, 65 minutes. And then we just pack up, don't we? And as you say, Joe, for all of that attacking intent, there is, there's possession in their final third, perhaps. But it's very much like Roy Hodgson's England or Chris Hutton's. I don't know. I, I thought we looked, a, I thought we looked a good side then. I thought we moved the ball about where. And, and but it's around the, the side. It's around the just Without that box, final ball. Yeah. We just it. worked it there, but it was just, I don't know. Um, we, but then we just, I say we pinning them back. The fullbacks were pushing on, and they just they just couldn't get out. But we we just couldn't do anything with it. It's sort of no, when and... push came to shove, actually creating that final chance, we just weren't able to. And and in the second half, to me, it's there's a chance of fifty one for Ironside, who, who seemed to have got the better of Burgess for most of the game, and had Ladke actually makes a save with his legs on that one. Mm. I mentioned Brophy on eighty one minutes hits very high and wide from a very presentable opportunity after Haladki flaps at Hulan's cross. 
But Dave, the momentum, we, I'm talking about the attacking momentum. I'll put the graph back up here. You can see this this big Cambridge chunk around the 88th minute. See it coming uh, on, it's, can't it's you? Coming, just wait. You're, you're waiting for it. I think Craig said on our WhatsApp group, you know, you're just waiting for it to happen, really. Waiting and for it, it to happen. And, and it's, uh, you know, similar uh, to, to Fraser's oh, set piece. Oh, again, it's one, it's a, it? Yeah, well, it is really. It's, it's a, I think May takes a kick wide left, you know, right foot. Swings it to the back post, and again, Burgess is beaten too easily for me. I mean, you know, you see him after the event, sort of saying that maybe you know he was you know pushed down shoulders, but he gets beaten. Six foot four, you got to get he, up. He, don't you? I, I know he just gets beaten. He's, he's static, Joe. He's static. He gets beaten far too easy on the far post. Good header by is it Jones? Heads it back mm. into a good area, and again, then we're flat. Ironside gets a jump on Edmondson. Lagkey don't know what he's doing. He falls over. You look again, or is he impeded there? Don't really think so. If he is perhaps by our player, maybe Edmondson. And Ironside just wants it more. Heads it in simple from about, what, two or three yards. It's such a disappointing goal. And again, you know, Burgess, he's not punching his weight there in the air, is he? Joe said six no. foot four. He's got to get up there. You know, no situation. You get up there and he, you get something on the ball. You head it out. You know, you head it behind, head it out. It's, it's just you know, overpowered by Jones at the back post, who just gets a run on him. Shouldn't happen. Yeah. Should not. You can't, you can't allow that header like that if you're six foot four. No, that's, you that's, can't. That's what you you'd can't. expect when a centre forward you, is peeling off onto a full back, isn't it? Not a there's a there's a case in point there when the ball's nodded back in the box. Would I would I substitute six foot nine keeper perhaps? <laughs> I've made a better excuse the iron, fist the of it. Side gets up and wins. He's only about five foot nine himself. Yeah, he wants so, it more, Joe. Don't he? Just wants yeah. it more. Yeah, he just gets a run perhaps on Edmondson and, and the defenders and he just, defend, you know, Edmondson's perhaps flat and he just gets a run on him and he's, he wants it more. It's yeah, like such in, a, in the pre-match goal. show, you guys mentioned that he's sort of like a Joe Garner sort of player and you could really see that. He sort of yeah, puts uses his about. body well, gets yeah. a lot of free kicks or tries to get a lot of free kicks, puts about defenders don't like playing him. But I thought, again, I, I, say, I don't want to keep digging out the same player as I did sort of the last two weeks. But Cameron Burgess just has not improved us defensively at all. Other than, I I, I don't see he's an improvement on Toto Entiala at the moment. He, well, hold on, we, we haven't got to the, we haven't got oh, to the subs, have we? I mean, we've, got, we've got a question on, on, on both of those points, actually, the subs and mm. Burgess. So let's maybe hold, hold our thought on that one. I, I would, we've got maybe a question about the goalkeeper as well. So maybe I'll hold my thought here. But I, I, I thought Haladki was back to his erraticness yesterday and and I think the trouble I've got and it's it's not necessarily his height Dave I just don't think there's anything commanding about him and when the balls come into our area he should, yes, he should be him, just flattening everyone him, shouldn't he watching you know? him you've just got no confidence have yeah. you just got no confidence watching him you know where, where does that leave us you know well, I know Dale probably will play will play at Portsmouth, but you know we got clearly clearly going back to pre Bolton. You know the manager's not happy with either goalkeeper, so he signs he signs Walton, who yeah immediately lets in five. I wasn't at the game, admittedly, probably none really his glaringly his fault that day. I mean, defence was just absolutely got torn to shreds that day. But um, you know where does that where does that leave us goalkeeper wise? Presumably, Hackley still be there. Also, you know, wasn't glaring errors yesterday, but he just doesn't inspire you with confidence at all. No, he doesn't. Let me give you some post-match quotes before we jump into um, some plugs and then into the questions. Um, Paul Cook, I, I guess, Cook's great when you win in terms of his post-match, but not so good when we lose. And there's a lot of stating the obvious, a lot of generalizations. You know, unfortunately, we've got, we've got an Achilles heel in us. That's there for everyone to see. 
goals for is not a major is not a problem goals against is a big concern well yeah uh, talk, tell us about it this is something that um i get i'll come to both of you very quickly since i've been manager at ipswich i've learned that you're never comfortable in a game no matter what we're doing you're not comfortable and i, I get that suggests a mentality doesn't it this is an entirely new set of personnel that don't have the mental baggage of Paul Lambert's Ipswich team, nor perhaps Paul Hurst or Mick McCarthy <coughs> latterly. Um, so, so what, what does that what does that point say? Well, it's I'm different. Really sure. you, you, probably hit the nail on the head. You know, these these these. So it's six times I think now. Six times have been ahead. Yeah, I've got six this, times yeah. been ahead. See, and and you it's know, more and, than and that. I thought that we I've, dropped eighteen points from winning. Oh, it's just it's just ridiculous. This goes back, I think, you know, to McCarthy. McCarthy team, he, look, the football was horrific. Let's just, you know, old times, the football was horrific. But McCarthy's team just had more character in that. And you just never saw that. Well, I'm sure it did, but not not to this extent. It just didn't didn't happen. And why? Because perhaps we were dour and, we, you know, we're just much better organised defensively. Honestly, think honestly think that's what it is. And you're right. You know, there shouldn't be that mental fragility because this is a whole completely new new group of players. But it's the same old, same old thing. And you can just see it happening. As soon as that goal went in, and I know, you know I, was, I wasn't there. I was sort of recovering, listening to it on the radio. As soon as that goal went, went in before half time, you just know. You just know it. And yeah. why, why, you know, uh, Joe said, yeah, we had a lot of possession, but were we really that much on the front foot? It's easy to play like that. And I think I said yesterday, you know, these players have got to be brave and bloody step up, you know. Really. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash blue monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And Joe, I'm going to come to you on this because you, you, you quoted this to us earlier on in the pod. I, I wanted, I guess, to reflect on the word, the, the phrase, since I've been manager at Ipswich. Um, 
maybe there's something about defensive organization and, and mindset into games but um asked about thinking about making more defensive minded substitutions to shore things up at 2-1 um he got quite he got ironically he got quite defensive um, when you sit here and your results go against you sometimes for us it doesn't matter what we do it just doesn't we put carl edwards selena wesburns on our intent was to score again Unfortunately for us, credit to Cambridge, not to us. We didn't look like scoring. It's easy to sit there and then say say what you should do. As a manager, I've never believed in shutting up shop. Those are the quotes you put to us, Joe. It's not my style. We travel as Ipswich Town and we should score again in the second half. For, unfortunately for us, we never. What does that What does that say to you, Joe? I, that, to me, that's... It's incredibly naive, isn't it? It is incredibly yeah, naive. But like when you when you look at Paul Cook's record previously, when when Wigan won the title two thousand and eighteen, forty six games they conceded twenty nine goals. We've played twelve games, we conceded twenty one goals. Look 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 at Wigan this season and see who their manager is, Liam Richardson. Seven goals they've conceded yeah. in eleven games. Well, I know I know that there's been a huge amount of talk about Liam Richardson. Is he is he missed? Well. That stat tells you all you need to know, doesn't it? Yeah. Liam Richardson is knows how to shut a game down. They went to Bolton yesterday and won 4-0. We, we lost 5-2 to them at home. I know, yeah. I know the league throws up funny results, but there's just certain things that just really just hammer home what is going on here. And, and it's defensively, we're in absolute shambles, isn't it? It's not. We, we've got the joint... Uh, there's not a team in the league with a worse defence than us. Doncaster, <laughs> we've put six past, have let in less goals than we have. I have, yeah. It's, it's, it's three just, or four. It's three identical and, 21 goals. No, so you, look, you look at the subs yesterday, and I, I thought Burns... For, I thought Luco was starting to struggle, and, and I thought Burns came on and did, did help yeah. us in that regard. No problem. He was, getting, he was getting back and helping Danassian, and I think that because they sort of Iredale and Brophy down their left were causing us problems. And I think Burns coming on did help that. So I, I think that's the right move. Selena for Chaplin. Again, I thought Chaplin was playing well. Get Selena on. But it's just that last sub, isn't it? Fraser, who'd been quite involved, was getting on the ball quite a lot. You take him off. And we, at that at that point in the game, we're just not landing on the ball in the middle of the pitch at all. We're just not getting there. Selena had been poor, really. He'd, he'd given the ball away two or three times. And let's say Paul Cook, he's... That's not his fault. He's he's sent on a player who is a quality player who just hasn't got into the game. But at that point, for me, if you're taking off Scott Fraser, or you stick Bursant Selina there, you get Raheem Harper on and just chuck another body in that midfield just to try and get on the ball there because we we were just simply not getting on the ball. I know people saying, oh, maybe you could bring Toto on and stick another at the back. Personally, not for me. I don't, you just need another centre mid in there. You put Kyle Edwards on and he, what, did he touch the ball two or three times? He was net. We couldn't get on the ball, so you're putting on a player who is totally reliant on the ball being got to him, effectively. He's not someone that goes and gets the ball. He's someone that you give him the ball and let him do things with it. He's got no real defensive capabilities. He'll, he'll work hard and he'll run his, he'll run his sort of doggies and whatever you need to do, but he will not. He, he's not a defensive-minded player there. And it's just, it was just a baffling sub. And around me, it, everyone's just like, well, okay. Trying it's to, just a baffling to sub on. Goal, it's just but... a baffling sub on eighty when it happened on eighty three minutes. Need another goal you know? at that point. In, when, when the, the, the way the game was going, we needed to stop them effectively. And like I say, you just showed the attacking charts from Sofa Score. It's just building and building there. And I so say we needed to do something to stem that flow. And what do we do? We bring on a winger for a more sort of a more sort of defensive minded player. And Fraser, oh. I know he's not a defender, but he is sort of someone that sits in and you put on someone who's got chalk on their boots and stands on the touchline. I thought the central midfield really didn't help us yesterday in, in a defensive sense at all. I think Morsi had a, a, a good enough 
first half, but second half to me, there was there was a lot of. I mean, I think he got a lot of heavy treatment. Well, Mills, Mills was yeah. saying first half about Morsey, who just had loads of space to play. They were just letting him play. They said, you know, Hulahan was almost... Hulahan. Well, he won the ball a number of times, but he didn't get on the ball well enough. Mills said did. he stopped short of saying Hulahan was sort of cheating, basically, first half and just not not picking up Morsey at all. He was just pressing on and on and on, obviously looking to find that position, you know, which he did in the end of the first half, which he did find that position in that little hole, which he was able to construct the move that led to the goal. But yeah, and, you know, we were told these results weren't supposed to, you know, this sort of thing weren't supposed to happen. <laughs> a lot of pressure on Morsey, but uh, it's an incredibly, incredibly frustrating result. Yet again, as Joe said, you know, you lose 18 points, 18 points from winning position. Is it 18? I, I'd only got I'm, I'm not sure it is, but it's six, six, someone, that's six, what I've read six, somewhere today. Yeah, it's something I've, like it's six I've games. We've been ahead in six games. So, um, so this, is, this is my research, thought, so caveat that it might, it might be incorrect. Yeah, and that might be a lot. I've, yeah, I've got um, defeat to Cheltenham. Yeah. Draw with MK Dons, defeat draw with AFC Wimbledon, defeat to Bolton. I've got West Ham in the under-21s, which obviously doesn't count in terms of points, but that was a 1-0 to a 2-1. Accrington, defeat, defeat. Cambridge, draw. That's 15 points for oh, me. Oh, it's getting up there. Yeah. And that, that would have us on 29 points and clear at the, <laughs> clear at the top and, of the league. Yeah, you're and, not uh, going to get... Uh, yeah, that's any of those yet. decent... Uh, any of those what you'd describe as good sides? No. Uh, sides no, that are going to be pushing promotion this yeah. season. You know, just, be in add, the top eight. just add six points onto six points onto yeah. on onto our total realistically from those from those games, you know. Um and you are uh, it's it's looking a hell of a lot hell of a lot better, but just incredibly frustrating. And you have got a you, you have got a question, well, the manager tactic then just the character of the players for Christ's sake. Yeah. Man, I think someone said was it you Joe, man up, you know, you got yeah. to. Well, talking. To, we'll get to the questions in a second. Just um, a few plugs um, for next week. Obviously, if you want to listen back to the live Q and A that we did midweek with Craig and Joe, which was excellent, a bumper edition, and still relevant, I'm, I'm sure. Although possibly some Cambridge talk in there. Pretty much show still available as well. But listen to the Room 101 bit maybe and give us your vote for that. We'll be back in such a midweek action in the league. Um, so we would probably consider a live reaction show like we did last season um, at full time. Um, if not, it'll be the usual show on Wednesday. So we'll let you know about that. Talking about Pompey versus Ipswich, which could be interesting. Um, our pre-match show looking ahead to Fleetwood um, will be out Friday morning. We won't be doing that live this week. And as always, the flagship back Sunday evening or Monday morning. We'll obviously let you know via our Twitter what the situation is there. Let's do some questions, guys. And I will do these in the order that we received them. And I will start with Joe, um, Pablo Canuga uh, asks, not a prayer we get close to promotion under Cook. Discuss, question mark, exclamation mark. Yeah, I, I, I agree. We just, at, at the moment, the, the squad, we've brought in the players that should be good enough. We've got a manager whose record says he should be good enough, but for whatever reason, it's just not working. Teams do not get close to promotion with a defensive record that we've got. And it's just, any time yeah. we come under a bit of pressure, a goal comes. It's normally from the first shot we concede in the game, later in the game. And I said, we're not, we're not playing the top sides here. What do you think Rotherham are going to do to us? What do you think Wickham are going to do to us? T- sides that just know how to win games at this level. Plymouth. Oh. Plymouth well, yeah, well, I, I, I haven't seen any of Plymouth this year. I know they're top of the league, but but Rotherham, Wickham, Sunderland, they, they, they've worked out Wigan. They know how to win games at this level. And, those games are going to be a piss for them. It's going to be score a goal and just shut up shop and we won't have any answer to it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Let's, there's more questions on the manager in a minute, so we'll come back to those. FPL track to Dave. Um, was it just me, or did those subs seem booked in before the start of the game? Felt to me a game at 60 minutes, and we talked about this to an extent, to stick Harper in midfield with his height yeah. and drive. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly right, exactly right. Joe, I, I totally agree with Joe. I think the you know the Burns the Burns substitution totally totally understandable. Didn't have a didn't have an issue with that. And as Joe said, he appeared to give us you know greater greater assistance for Donassian on the right there. But yeah, I'm and yeah, just struggling with the just really struggling with the other two. And I think yeah, you know you throw Harper on there, and he does give you that. As I said, he's not perhaps been the most defensively astute, but he does give you physicality in there and he does land on the ball when he can keep the ball so just strange just just strange one and you know it's the same old cook thing he's perhaps been a bit bullish and a bit disrespectful perhaps we should be with the squad we've got perhaps to, to, to these clubs who're saying no we're, you know we're always even if we you know even if we are backs against the wall no it is my way I'm going to throw these attacking players on and we're going to score a third goal and as Joe quite rightly said sometimes you just have to you know just just consolidate sit in there get the three points to t- you know go away slightly disappointed it's a crap second half performance but you've got the three points move on I say you get promoted wouldn't it be great to shit house a victory Dave? How often do we use that word in our chat? You know, that's how you need you need a lot of that to get out of this bloody division. You know, yeah. Yeah. you and won't without that, you won't get out of it. You just won't. And I, I know I'm sort of bang the drum on it a bit, but when you when you look at the record that he came in with last season, the away form last year, Wimbledon, Northampton, hammered there, Chillingham, we lost there. Rochdale sort of drew, and it's Shrewsbury. It's, yeah. I mean, I don't know where, guys, I, I just don't know where he'd be. I just sort of caught up with the fixtures again this morning, and the next, you know, just put Pompey away to put me away to one side for a minute. I mean, you know, they're not in the greatest of form, but the next three away games after that, we've got Plymouth and Wickham within the space of three days, and then we've got Sunderland getting towards the end of November. And the next three away games after Pompey. But, but every single away game follows the same pattern. We start okay, we look okay, we either score or we don't score, and then they just turn the turn the game round in the second the back half. Foot. And we're on the back foot, and and yeah. it happened with the with the players that he inherited last year. It's happening with the players that he's brought in this year. And at some point, and, and like I say, you listen to the post match comments yesterday, and it's br- they're brainless comments, aren't they? I don't shut up shop. It's not what I do. I don't do that. Well, well, away from home, you've got to win. You've got to win games. It's not, it's not about it's going the out old... there putting on a football exhibition because they're, they're hardly that anyway, are they? And it's the same old cliche comment, isn't it? You know, it goes back to training. Oh, we had a great week training. So what oh, are you going oh, to do oh, about oh, this, Paul? Sorry. Alex Hayes, <laughs> the next question is a great, that's a great segue, Dave. Thank you. I just want to stop you before you answered it. I think this is all, this is all, it's Joe's turn anyway, but you can start us on this. Alex Hare, Cook's stop response is we need to work hard on the training ground. What exactly are they well, i guess we don't know the answer to exactly what they're doing in the training round they look like have look like they have no idea what to do in phases of the game at 2-0 they should be shutting the game up we said that but they just look so vulnerable what you know defensive shape it all comes down as joe said at the end of the day it comes down to bloody defensive defensive shape and just just cutting out those individual errors as such but defensive shape and just switch these defenders just switching on you know yeah what I don't it, think it shapes uh, as much as well, it is, Joe. Is it not? Well, they, they, they shape as well, but it's also the style that they defend in as well, like the aggressiveness of the defending at times. It's like you can have the you can have the best shape in the world, but if you're going to go and 
try and overcommit yourself. And no, 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 I know. I agree. That's what I was getting to. Yeah, yeah, um, no, it's, 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 it's being smart. It's, it's, it's being smart as well. No, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. There's no way. Against, um, that, was a, that was a classic that you point out. There is no way that Burgess, in the, you know, 40 minutes gone, we're in the ascendancy. There's no way he should, all right, he's feeling perhaps confident, but there's no way you should try and nip in front of Einstein and try and win that ball. You just no, step away. You step away and, like I said, you get players around him and he's got to he's got to then bring the ball down, then you get organized and the second phase of play starts. As soon as he turns as soon as he turns Burgess there, we're done. Pretty much. And, done. and you look at the game last week, Shrewsbury, Burgess again. As that happens to him again on the line, he gets just overcommits, gets totally spun. That time he drags the guy down and gets a yellow card. Later in the game, Edmondson overcommits the ball, goes over his head, drags the guy down, gets a yellow card. I, like you can't defend like Edmondson. that when you're winning two one. By all accounts, Edmondson was half decent yesterday, wasn't he? Yeah, I thought he had a better game. Yeah. 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 So, so, so Tractor Boy Pete asks, why don't we have any reliable defenders on the bench? I mean, it's pretty consistent that we only name one defender, and it's typically a centre-back rather than a full-back, noting that we've got injuries Joe, to, to cause some pre Joe made that point as pay. well about full-back at the start, didn't you, Joe? You know, yeah. you're a bit surprised that you're not seeing K- you know, Vincent Young on the bench, aren't you? I am. So, yes. so especially Penny went into the game with a knock, didn't he? And he, yeah. that was probably his poorest game for us yesterday. So, so thoughts on, that's on, on that point? Is that a similar this kind of sentiment of we're just going to attack? We're going to win by attacking. We're not going to win by defending. And therefore, I don't need defenders on the bench. You can't. You just can't do it now. It's, it's 2021 now. Every every team is smart in how they set up. They're not. It's not like you have the best players. You're going to win like it might have been 30 years ago. Every all these coaches, they all. They're all done all their pro license, their badges. They know how to set a team up. They know how to work in transition and all the sort of boring sort of football That's lingo terms that they're teams playing. You don't turn up against the manager who's just going to line up four four two and sort of just try and beat you playing like that. They 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 set themselves up to play against you. And I know I say Portsmouth are on a sort of poor run of form, but Danny Cowley's not just going to. Oh, oh, we're going to go four four one one and lump it to the big man all game. They're just they're going to know how to play against us and. I can't watch that. You know, going, I mean, I know they sort of died down a bit, but, you know, with all the transfers, shenanigans, and went on in a close season, they're still going to be very, very up for that game, aren't they? Very, very up for that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jacobs, I don't know if Jacobs is fit. We'll look into that. I'm I'm not sure, but. Bloody there hell. you go. There's there's someone who's going to be up for it as well. I mean, yeah. this is the, this is the meaty question. We've got three of these of a similar line. I mean, Tractor Boy Pete's asked it. Um, Patrick Palmer's is probably the, the most detailed question along these lines. Um, who else has asked about it as well? I mean, um, Andy Andy Mack, twenty one years of crap. How many more? But um, Patrick's question: How much longer can we afford Cook's naivety? Um, he's 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 called that out as well. Our draws and defeats have all played out in a similar manner. It's one thing setting out a team attack to attack, but his defensive and off the ball tactics um, are genuinely not good. I'm paraphrasing. Fifteenth uh, will be useless. Um, well, fifteenth will be us unless Cook can pull off a drastic upswing. So three people asking us how long Cook has got. Guys, what's your what's your respect? I mean, look, we said it who we've played so far. And, you know, you look at the next the next seven games, sort of starting with Portsmouth away. OK, then we've got Fleetwood at home. Plymouth and Wickham away in those two or three days. Oxford at home. And Sunderland away, Rotherham at home. I mean, that takes us pretty much to the end of November. So, you know... Do what you want. What, what, what? You know, what points at the moment can you see us taking? You know, taking out of those games. So, I, 
I don't know. You, you've seen all sorts of things bandied about. Oh, he's got till December. He's got till the new year. I mean, what is a you know? What I, I don't know. What 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 is the board? You know, what are the owners going to be satisfied satisfied with? You know, I mean, by the end of these seven games, look look at the, look at we're playing. By the end of these next seven games, you know, the top two perhaps with perhaps the top two are gone anyway. But the top two or three are going to be see uh, over the over the hill and away. And you know, you look you look how it's you look how the league is now. Okay, we're only five points behind. I think MK in sixth place. Then with sixth to fifth goes another four points. So you're nine points. So you know, pretty much by then you still only could be playing for almost one playoff place because at this moment in time you cannot see this team showing any consistency to string four. Well, three or four wins on the bounce, let alone five, six, or seven, which is probably what we'll need. So, um, yeah, a, a difficult one that. But I, I think things will certainly be a lot clearer after these. Um, well, after these seven games, I would have thought. Who knows? You know, against the better sides, they may not. You know, perhaps they may this? be a bit more open Stranger and expansive, and we, away we go. You know, it, it, will, it will suit us. But as, as Joe said, you know, these these, these teams, in, in, you know, these teams in this division. Um, of yeah, of you know, have have got flair. Those teams have got flair, but they also will shit house you, which we just can't we just can't cope with mm. at the moment. Joe, do we ask you how long he's got left from, from your perspective? <laughs> well, I, th- I think when you look at the, I think when when we when I spoke about this last week, you looked at the the sort of the next block of five games, which included the four away games, which was Cambridge, Portsmouth, Plymouth, Wickham. And you look at those that five games, and we've we've just dropped two points at the easiest of the four away games <laughs> that we've got coming up, effectively. And I said we're fifteenth in League One, and I, I, it amazes me, sort of, without sort of digging out certain people about how happy some Ipswich fans seem to be for the standards and expectations to just be lowered on a weekly basis, because this side. This is not a two-year project. This side was set up to get promoted this season. It's why on transfer deadline day we signed Christian Walton on loan, Bursant Selina on loan. I say if 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 this season just drifts into mid-table, it's an absolute failure. Like a, a, oh, it's, it's, it's a failure if we finish sixth on seventy-five points, let alone finish tenth or wherever it looks like we're going to finish at the moment. And we are absolutely miles off it. And, you can't start saying, oh, well, we've got all these new players. It's going to take time to gel. They've had their time now. And if the results don't come soon, I don't think if any, if at any point in the next couple of weeks, if the results continue as they are, I don't think Paul Cook could have any arguments if he gets in P45. I think okay. if Mark Ashton sacked him today, I don't think he could argue that he doesn't deserve it. No. Okay, because you, you, and Joe's right. You know, you've got to look at you've got to look at what happened last season. Last season as well, that has to be. I know people are saying, "I'll oh, disregard last season." One of his wasn't his squad and stuff, but crikey, you know, his record, his record for the games he was in for last season is just, just, it's awful, isn't it? And overall, it is just doesn't make doesn't make good reading at all. But it's the same old. You know, he goes. Who do you who do you approach? Who do you get in? Well, I'll hold that thought. I've I've got two names for you later on. Um, one one is is part of the roundup. The other thing I I I, I guess we'd well uh, let me ask let me ask a secondary question here. Um, Tim Wilkins, Wolves had big money from China a few years ago. I expected them to get promoted straight away, but mm. it took them two years. He says so. Relax. Yeah, that was money is virtually everything Not in League next one. year. Isn't yeah, it? it was yeah. championship. They came. They dropped into League One and went straight back up the following season with a hundred points. And then, and then they got the two years to get promoted. Yeah. 
I, I just, I guess my, my thought is we've maybe had mixed messages from the ownership in respect of this. It's a, it's a project, but I guess it's a project that they hope to be doing in league in championship rather than league one versus, you know, that they better watch out the rest of the league had better watch out. So surely that if, if to Joe's point, if, if the, if the owner's target is a playoff position, at least to Joe's point, you, you have to do something before that's basically gone before, yeah. you know, before there's nothing to play for, you know? So oh, it's going to be an interesting few weeks. And, and I guess, <laughs> it is, I, I, I mean, we need to caveat this by saying that none of us want to be on this podcast talking about the situations that we are. We all want Ipswich to be doing well. We all love for Paul Cook to be doing well, but, we are now kind of a month and a half into the season, aren't we? And, you know, the, the sample Not size of positivity is, is starting to run out. It's normal there's, no project, it? there's no project yet of League One. The project yet of League One is get out of it as fast as you of course. Yes, well can. Yeah. And yeah. that is this season. And the squad yeah. has been built with that in mind. And you look, let's say, you look at the money spent on this squad and you, and you just simply have to look at what happens if we don't go up this year. Have we built a team? Well, no, because you'd imagine Walton's going to be the first choice keeper by the end of the season. He's going to be gone. Our n- main striker, Macaulay Bond, is on loan. He's going to be gone at the end of the season if we don't go up. And then you've got Bursant Salina, who's brought in as our sort of number 10. Talisman. Yeah. Talisman. Yeah. He's going to be gone. Yeah. yeah. For, um, Hayden Coulson, our first choice left back, is going to be gone. So if we don't go up this year we'll end up having to get rid of 10 players and bring 10 more in this summer. Yeah. And so you can't, people can't claim that we're building for next season because we simply aren't. We're building to get out of this league in year one and we're miles off it. Dave Gort's question, the main weakness obviously is a mental one. There appears mm. to be a lack of clear changes when we can make, um, we can make to a starting level that would improve this. Am I wrong? It does seem to be um, go again with the same team, repeat and hope we've learned from our mistakes, which is currently no, Dave. Yeah, tactically, a bit tactically naive. I think Joe used the word naive earlier on, and I think that's exactly, you know, exactly where we are. Um, be interesting to see. I think Penny's perhaps struggled the last couple of games. Being, I, mean, I haven't really heard a lot about Colson's fitness, have we? He should be no. back next week. But so I was, saying next I, week, what? That means in, Saturday in tra- rather than Tuesday. In train, okay, okay. Um, yeah, it's just just it's just incredibly just incredibly frustrating, isn't it? And you know, what is the answer? Because we have got the squad of players now and you think, you know, it is the squad of players, as Joe said, to get us out of that league this this season, but Does Mark Ashton want to recruit a sports psychologist? <laughs> Bristol City have got one. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure they have a witch doctor or something like that. Yeah. But I think to, to Dave's question, it, there's there's kind of there's there's a mental aspect to the game. There's a confidence and there's also a confidence from being well prepared and yes, having having knowledge of what to do if if the game pans out in a certain way. And, and maybe that's the mental thing that we're not prepared for. It's just the every it just seems to with all the, in all these games we've been absolutely on top of these games, controlling the games, romping these games, and then just out of nowhere, like you know their first goal, just out of nowhere. What you know? It's yeah. uh, what? How? What you know? Why again? Yeah, again. You know, we just, we just, you know, you know, look. We two nil. We go into that game yesterday. I'm sorry, two nil up at half time. We probably go on to win that game three or four. Probably, probably do. Um, but it's just that goal before half time, and again, you just see that fragility right through the team. It just stems right through the side. You could see it. It's the doubt starts to appear. club apparently as well. You know? so, when, when you're 2-0 up in a game, you can't toss a coin to decide whether it's going to finish 2-2 or 6-0. You just no. need to 80% of the time win 2-0. That's what you've got to try and do. You don't yep. need to try and win 5-0. You win 2-0. No, you don't. You move on. But um, again, we sort of heard a sort of similar story from people around 
the dugout yesterday that it's just Paul Cook standing on his own on the touchline, no input yeah, from the coaching staff when the game is just totally getting away from us. And we've heard the same at Chelton, we've heard the same at Burton, <clears throat> yeah. Burton when it's happening. Yeah. And I know Peter Reid is now been given a role now, but is he actually going to be able to get through to Paul Cook in game? Yeah, because that's where it's going wrong. Um, second half of the games as well. Mills, Mills was interesting. Mills was interesting. He said he fulfilled a very similar role for Trevor Francis at Birmingham, and he, he said Francis, Francis, did, yeah. Francis didn't want him on the bench. Francis wanted him up in the up in the stand to get obviously the bigger, you know, the, the Joe bigger Royal view. The, yeah. The, yeah, exactly the bigger picture. Yeah. And he would just come down and half time, and Francis would say, "What do you think?" And he said, but, "Yeah, this. I think that. I think that." And he'd take it on board and react, well, or oh. otherwise accordingly. So, so Mitmos actually said that Trevor Francis often let him do the team talk yeah. at half-time because he's, yeah. he's got that big perspective. Got that so over, yeah. overview. So, look, you can't not, you know, Peter Reid, experienced experience scouser. Um, <laughs> you know, you can't knock that. If, if, you know, if it's going to assist, then then I'm all for it. Yeah. Let's let's skip. Well, I know we're kind of running over a little bit, but let's got a few more questions here that we, let's skip through. Um, Cra- um, Rob um, Crabork, um, there was plenty wrong with the performance, but ultimately, commas, commas, good punctuation. If we'd had a commanding keeper in goal today, we'd have seen that game out. Discuss who wants to take that one, Joe? There's, there's definitely problems. You, you can see that the um, the defense don't trust Sladky and Edmondson gave him a bollocking, didn't he? Yeah, but. But there was one in the first half where you could hear mm-hmm. Hladke call and then Burgess heads the ball away from him and then him. Hladke then has a go at Burgess. But then later in the game, I presume Hladke doesn't put a name on it because Edmondson then comes and has a massive go at him, a huge go, like really in his face, shouting at him. And, but it seems to make Hladke sort of shrink into himself rather than come out fighting. So it, it, it just seems that there's not a... Hladke doesn't take... Def- Sort of pressure off the central defence at all, no. and they don't they don't trust him. You can it's obvious you can see when you're watching it, and it, it seems it to have played well the last me. couple of home games, but the last couple of away games at Accrington and yesterday, we we just can't get out of our own way, can we? In those, it just no. staggers me that we've got a six foot eight nine keeper on the bench that really still can't really command his area because if he did he, he's exactly what you're looking for you know that second yeah. goal yesterday was a, as I said as a case in point you know you get someone like him surely as physical and as, as big as, as tall as him he comes for that ball and gets something on it rather than just well obviously you know just falling over and getting getting pushed about it's I, I, I just don't know. You know, well, it'd be interesting to see when, when, as we said earlier, when Walton is finally over his, what was it? We went into that abductor, Whatever isn't it? Yeah. Over his abductor injury. Um, if he comes straight back in, uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, again, again, to my sports psychologist kind of point there, I do wonder whether Hladke's got a little bit of imposter syndrome because he's one of the few signings that have come up from League Two, actually. And I just wonder whether... I always thought day one uh, against Morecambe, he looked kind of a little bit but overawed. But again, he's got you know he's got the credentials. I know he's, he's got a great. I know it's lead two. He's lead two keeper of the year. What is PFA yeah. in the PFA team yeah. of the year for Christ's sake? Conceded. Biggest club that he's played at potentially. Biggest crowd. Well, okay, yeah, that, yeah, I, yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll see. What it's happens. for a lot of these guys, though. You know, you say that. You know, a lot of these guys that are coming, it's it's, it's going to be the biggest club. Burgess, okay, put maybe. more people like Morsey and that to one side. Burns coming from Fleetwood. Mm. You know, um, Edmonds is put to one side. Burgess coming for it you know it just is isn't it um mark i i i, I think less of a question here perhaps i mean define what you in define progress define time question mark. i would say we've pro- progressed as in we score and often look like we know what we're doing going forward for him the time is christmas but i don't count last season in my opinion he made a forgivable mistakes 
compounded by player ap- apathy. We know grass rarely greener. I guess I'm not, I think possibly that you know it's it's important we so both sides of the argument here, and you know there will be people out there advocating for patience, and I guess the, the challenge back to how long how how long is your patience, and it depends what you see as success or failure for this season, and I think that's that's your point, isn't it, Joe? Um, Kenneth. Wittenkamp, excellent name. Um, oh, I, I, I've, I've, I've got to ask this now. I've said his name. Could we have secured a playoff place with Matt Gill as caretaker manager last season? <laughs> and most importantly, would Matt Gill get more points out of the current squad? Oh, than no. Matt Gill. I don't uh, think it would. When, I, I can't remember <laughs> the exact figures, but to, to get into the playoffs last year, across the last 16 games, we only needed to get about another five points. And bearing in mind, we lost to Northampton away. We oh, lost to Wimbledon away. We dropped points shocked. at Rochdale. We dropped points at Shrewsbury. Yeah. It wouldn't have taken... Drop, we lost at Gillingham. It wouldn't have taken much to get us there. And I don't know. I, I think we'd have been better off for, sort of for the top six with Matt Gill in charge for the last games. Because I don't think anyone could have done a worse job than Paul Cook at the back no. end of last year. Well, and sort of through the summer, I was sort of able to take a sort of philosophical view on it in that it needed that total collapse in order for... Evans to decide to sell and for game changer to come in, which leaves us in a bigger position. <laughs> but ultimately, that's happened now. And unless Paul Cook can get some results quickly, and for me, I'm not saying Christmas. It's, uh, Christmas is too long because if we if we carry on where we are, what have we got? We're way 14, off it. What are we? 14 points from 12 games, are we? Yeah. Yes. Table. Say, yeah. Within we've got three three games coming up next week. So you've got sort of Portsmouth, Fleetwood, and then and Plymouth the following Saturday you've got you've got to win two of those three games haven't you You, you've got to be on 20 points after 15 games if you're on less than that you're just absolutely nowhere and if if you're not on 20 points at 15 games you've got 31 games left you you need basically two points a game effectively it's going to be worse than that just to get into sixth place not second Directly after Plymouth, you've got Wickham away three days later so it's probably going to get worse than that I I, I think like after that Wickham game for me if we well, well, yeah. Well, if we don't win two, if we don't win one of the next two, we'd probably beat Fleetwood, won't we? All being we'll probably realistically beat Plymouth or something stupid like that. Yeah. It's just a, just. It'll be interesting two... to see us play one of the one of the top six. You know, yeah. you know, this week. I think it'll be yardstick. You know, that's the real not quiz. the greatest of form, but so these the two away. They're not, they're not re- free flowing sides. These top six teams, are they? They're not. But they're there though. When Joe, you look so how many got, they're, they're there, they're aren't they? Solid so, though, aren't they? Rather, yeah, than, they're solid. So these two go. I think. Portsmouth, okay. Fleetwood, Joe said, probably beat Fleetwood. But these two games, Plymouth away and Wickham, will be a real pointer exactly where we are, I think. Really will. Let's finish with two very quick questions because we are are running way over, but I didn't want to stifle the conversation because I I think it's valuable. Um, One for Dave, one for Joe. Um, Dave, Andrew asks, uh, and run, fat boy, run. Mick Mills continues to say that Burgess was getting bullied. Is either weak link in the back four would an old fashioned bruiser like Toto be better alongside Edmondson? Um, yes, but that gives you, you know, at the moment the balance looks better because he's left footed. So you've got, you know, you've got a right foot, left foot balance. But from a physicality point of view, yes, he just, as Joe said, he just doesn't punch his weight, does he? No. I just, I just that's six he's foot four. He's got all the attributes. Now. He looks a proper player. Six foot four, mm. lovely left foot, looks a proper player. Something not, something just not, he shouldn't get bullied like he does, and he does, coaching, and he shouldn't be. Coaching. Yeah, and well. Joe, um, Yane, Solonen, uh, does the appointment of Pierre mean we have appointed an assistant manager without Cook having to acknowledge we needed one? <laughs> I, I don't think so. I think he just likes to have 
more people to talk about football with, doesn't he? I think that is this is the thing with Cook and replay golf. Yeah, I, I feel yeah. bad just sort of saying how poor because he he can, he loves the game. You speak to him and he's so passionate oh. and he's he's desperate to do well here. And he is. I, I don't think any Ipswich fans would would sort of begrudge that. We, we, we're all desperate to see him do well, but at some point the line's got to be drawn. But he's just a guy that loves football and he he loves being here and loves the job and he's desperate to be a success. And I say it's just another. It's just another person that he can chat football with because that's what he does. Like, and he does, and Joey is. You're right. And yeah, I've spoken with both said we've both spoken to him, and he, he really identifies with the fans. And you know, you he gets this team on a roll, and we, you know, we, we you know, you start you know, momentum is what this club needs. We don't have any momentum in this football club for how many seasons? Going probably back to fourteen, fifteen for Christ's sake. And and if we get that, if we get that, he's so clearly identifies with the fans. He'll get so much support, and it'll be the, the club will be awesome. But like you just at the moment in time, you just can't. See, you just can't see it. You just You're not going to get that without it. going back to basics and winning some no. games, are you? Yeah, you've, exactly. you've got you've got to win some one nils and two nils. Yeah, you're not you're not gonna, the six nil wins against Doncaster. Yeah, they're brilliant when they happen. They're few and far between. You'd you'd rather win. I know it's the most obvious thing ever, but you'd rather win three games two nil than <laughs> one game yeah. six nil, one game five nil, and lose the other one, wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah. Guys, thank you for your answers to those questions. And more importantly, thank you to everyone for your questions as well. Sorry if we skipped through them. I'd do my best to curate that one. But obviously, the guy's very charged up, very motivated to discuss what's going on here today. So uh, we have had to skip through a little bit. Let's have a look at the league table just because I like to depress everyone. Um, Plymouth um, destroyed Oxford's um, excellent home record by winning 3-1. Nice solo goal from um, Garrick in that one and Camarara in that one as well. Um, Wickham, um, a good solid 2 0 away win at Doncaster, set piece headers, and Akin Fenworth <laughs> first goal in open play in 20 months. Four wins. Wow, in a row. did you see? Look at that. Um, did you see the goal from James McLean for Wigan? Oh, Lousers. let's talk about Wigan. Bolton nil, Wigan four, 50th <laughs> league appearance for, Wicker, uh, for Wigan for Will Keane, who got the goals off and running there. A perler from McLean, oh. uh, plus an own goal. And Wigan are very upwardly mobile at the moment. Sunderland came from um, a goal down at Gillingham to win 2-1. Uh, we mentioned um, Rotherham before as well. They beat Pompey 4-1. Pompey off the back of a big win against Sunderland, mm. but bad defending in this one. Um, shocking delivery and dealing with crosses into the box. A nice goal from Harness, Marcus Harness. Three goals and four for him, but really poor goalkeeping, really poor defending. <laughs> I guess gives us a little bit of hope, perhaps. I'll put that um, right. And the only um, top six team not to um, get points yesterday was MK Dons, who um, Shrewsbury obviously played themselves into some form against Ipswich with a 1-0 win over MK Dons. Um, Wally again on the score sheet. And I think Ryan Bowman, wow. who was subbed off with um, yeah. heart palpitations, was back in action for them as well. So we'll stop talking about League One. Let's talk about Portsmouth. Game on Tuesday. Um, are you guys confident? One, one win in nine for them, including seven defeats. Um Danny Cowley is under pressure as Paul Cook, perhaps here, Dave. Yeah, um, absolutely, absolutely is. You know, it's going to be a, it's going to be a lively one, isn't it? It's um, a shame. I, I certainly would have gone had it been a, it would have been a nice sort of couple, a nice day or so down in down in Portsmouth. Obviously Tuesday evening. Um, yeah, it's going to be lively. Like I said, there's still going to be a little bit of. Um, Bad feeling, you'd think, spilling over for the summer. I'm sure fans all re- fans all remember that. And it wasn't just the Jacobs thing. I mean, it seemed to be that you know we're we're all you know we were up, more than anything. I think they've called us checkbook town or whatever. You know, more than anything, you know, we were competing 
seemingly for the same players week in, seemingly back in the summer, week in, week out. And I think the Jacobs sort of the Jacobs Jacobs Edwards thing just basically tipped it all over the edge. So it's going to be a lively one. You know, it's so frustrating because you know you win at Cambridge yesterday. And the old adage, you, know, you take a point, you take a point, it'd be a good point at, at Portsmouth. But now, you know, you, you really, you've got to be looking for three. But yeah, with Fleetwood coming up Saturday, you take a point there, given our away record. Joe, they're, they're not in great form though. So no. is but, there anything to fear? Well, you can always Apart fear from ourselves, can't you, when, yeah, when you get for switch. one. But but generally, if, if, if you look at this game on paper, seven defeats in nine, you know what you need to do there. Pompey's a sort of fiery crowd. You get there, you just shut up shop, early doors, 25 minutes, half an hour. You quieten the crowd down and you, you just try and get the crowd so quiet that they end up on top of their players and then you sort of just try and strike at that point. But that's not how we set up for games, is it? We don't, we don't set up to go there, get nil-nil at half time, and then when the crowd's turned on them, just put them to the sword in the second half. We'll try and beat them in the first half. And then if they get ahead, that crowd will all of a sudden be on our back and we'll be struggling. But I, I, I was, can't actually watch the game Tuesday. So I harp back I harp back to last season's game. And I know there was no crowd there, but it sort of followed pretty much the same. If you remember, we scored a really nice goal. Um, oh, yeah, James Norwood. Norwood great it? finish. And then again, you know, game seemingly going one way. Okay, not creating much, well in control. I think we can see just before half time and inevitable second half, we go on to lose the game. So, yeah, we've got to change that pattern. But uh, with Fleetwood, uh, Joe said, you know, we should be going there looking, looking for the win, but it's just this fragility about us again. You know, you just wonder. I don't know. I don't know. I'd, I'd take a point there and, you know, three at, three at home Saturday, and then you've got the big two away games coming up. The big two guys, thank you so much for this, and, and I hope you're you've stayed with us because that's fascinating and, and really insightful debate here. So, I've really enjoyed being part of it. So, um, I don't mind us rolling on a little bit long, but I will let you guys get off and enjoy the rest of your Sundays. Um, we will be back, as I said, on Tuesday or Wednesday. We'll stick a tweet out pretty early doors to let you know when to see us either full time after the Portsmouth game or probably on the Wednesday. And we'll let you know back for the pre match show for Fleetwood and the flagship back as normal as well um who wants to style us out i don't i i dare go to dave for a one of his specials but no nothing no, i've got I've, I've got no, i've got nothing really other to say i think i'm following you on the um gb show this week i believe oh there you go so naked football show midweek on wednesday join dave live from six or available on podcast after that so that's good um joe do you want to have the final word <laughs> just just a plea to cook to try and actually <laughs> manage the games, sort of look at the games properly rather than keep doing it. Because none of us want the manager to go. None of us want the no. overhaul that comes with that. We we want Paul Cook to be successful. And the only way he's going to do that is if he sort of gets out of his own way and actually tries to manage games properly rather than trying to score a third when you tune it up. Actually win some games of football properly. <laughs> It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants.
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.